With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are motorsports writers here at The Athletic, and today we are here to talk about the Las Vegas Motor Speedway race, the fourth race of the Cup Series season, and it was won by Kyle Larson, which means that the run of surprise winners is suddenly over. Now, of course, uh, you could say that Larson, well, he didn't win last year, and you know, he, you know, had to get a new ride. And so maybe we didn't expect this this early. I don't even buy any of that. I think everybody <laughs> knew that this was going to happen pretty early in the season. I felt like that way. Anyway, there was going to be really no acclimation period for a guy who is used to jumping into anything and winning right away. Uh, I think, you know, I've been consistently saying he's going to win multiple times this year and would win early and often. And, uh, here we go with the first example of that Jordan. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think of what we saw there with Kyle Larson today? I'm a little surprised it's this early, and I Wait, am, are you really? Are you really a little? Um, I, I, you make a great point. You make a great point about him being able to jump in any cars and being able to get up to speed really quickly. And, and maybe that's something I probably should have considered more of. And obviously, he's got a lot of experience in stock cars. I just thought new team, new crew chief, new everything. Just give him. Uh, really kind of into the spring. I, I kind of circled Bristol dirt as really, I thought his first real opportunity to win a race. I, I didn't think it was going to be four races into the year, but I've been impressed by him before, even before today. I mean, he was in contention in the Daytona 500. He was running top five on the road course at Daytona before he, he spun himself out late. Um, had, had a good run at Homestead last week and to break through today it's not surprising to the level of Bell or McDowell or even Byron last week. To me, it's a little surprising in the sense that I just didn't think it was going to be this early. And to be this convincing, uh, he just he looked like he hadn't been gone at all. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, it was um, it, this really was a, a Kyle Larson day. I mean, ultimately, it, despite having 12 different leaders in the race, and we'll talk about how good uh, the start of the race was for sure. But, I mean, he ends up leading um, 103 laps for six different times. I mean, he, he, he was really the class of the field today and, you know, ends up running away with it. Even, even when Brad Kozlowski had the same tires he did and they came up through the field, um, after that one pit stop, uh, you know, he still ends up beating Kozlowski by three seconds, even after his, his mistake that almost cost him the lead there missing pit road the first time around. But, you know, it was just, uh, look, I mean, this guy is, is one of the best race car drivers on the planet. You know that you know one of the best of this generation, in in whatever you want to put him in, and you know we've we've long 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 been saying, whoa, just what what could happen if he <laughs> finally got in this good equipment? He just got in championship level equipment, 
with the the team that is showing all four cars right now have the strength uh, to be the best of the field. And yes, he goes out and wins. So it's like to me, it, it just all sort of adds up. Now I, you know, you you could note as well that okay, well, hey, you know, this team didn't win with Jimmy Johnson uh, for the last three years or whatever, right? Um, of his career, you know, this is essentially the 48 team that became the five team and they last won at Dover in uh, June of 2017 and Jimmy never won again. Uh, so that's a valid argument, but I think Jimmy was clearly on the downside of his career there and, and um, had some chances to win as we've documented, didn't produce, but Kyle Larson is certainly in his prime, certainly uber talented and I, I just think this is going to be this is going to be one of many many wins this season to come. I I think I, I agree with you on that point, and I think it's going to be one of many many wins for a few reasons. One, as you said, Larson is an exceptionally talented driver. I think Cliff Daniels is a very good crew chief, and we're seeing just how good he is now. Two, Hendrick Motorsports is it, it has found something. You know, we we've talked about it before. Whether they're they're back, I mean. Four wins in the last six Cup Series races going back to last season. A win last week with William Byron. Kyle Larson today with a dominating win. It doesn't really seem to matter the kind of racetrack. It can be a road course. It could be a short track, an intermediate track. There is speed there, and there's no reason to think that this is going to subside anytime soon and that this should continue to carry forward because Las Vegas is is very similar to so many intermediate tracks on the Cup Series schedule. We've heard about it all week. We've heard people talk about it that what you see in Las Vegas is a pretty good indicator of what you're going to see the rest of the year in a lot of these racetracks. And the fact that Hendrick Motorsports came here today, and it wasn't just Larson, too. I mean, uh, Alex Bowman had a good run going. Uh, William Byron was running up there for a while. Chase Elliott had a good car until he, he spun himself out, and he was still able to rally and get a decent finish. And so it just across the board, Hendrick Motorsports is really hitting on it right now. Um, Penske's right there with them, but it's, it's pretty clear to me that Hendrick is, is number one with, with Penske slotted in at t- number two. Yeah, I think what we've seen so far is that it's, it is it is Hendrick there at the top right now. Um, you know, they, they found something, as you said, late last season, it worked. Um, and now here you go, rolling right into this season, the first two mile and a half track races, they come out and win. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it seems like they're just half a step above Penske who are close, but not all there. When you look at, you know, Joey Logano struggled today. Ryan Blaney was pretty decent. Kozlowski was good. He was, he was probably the second best car, but, um, Logano was off and then, you know, kind of rally late to get, just to get up to ninth. That was weird. And he seemed mystified by that afterwards as well. When we talked to him. Um, Blaney had a pretty solid run all day though. And De Benedetto was going to have a top 10. If you count that as Penske, uh, until unfortunately, I guess the, the pit gun broke. Um, and you know, he didn't get one of his tires changed, had to nurse at home to 16th and he's still mired back there, but he, he was going to have a top 10. So Penske's right there as well. And then just a half step below them is Joe Gibbs racing. Um, Kyle Busch was third today, Denny Hamlin fourth, uh, Martin Truex Jr., sixth and Christopher Bell seventh. So, I mean, you know, they're all right there as well, but they're just, you know, incrementally a little bit lower. And then I think there's a pretty decent drop off the rest of the teams because, um, you know, right now you're pretty much seeing the top 10, 11 cars for most of the race were those three teams in some sort of order. And this, you know, this is not like, okay, Homestead, you know, uh, Oh, it's kind of worn out tracks. So it doesn't really apply. Like you said, this is a, the kind of track that is really 
the bread and butter of the cup series still, even though some tracks have fallen off the schedule like Kentucky and Chicago say, but I mean, this is sort of the, the show of strength. And I think this is what we're going to see going forward for, for much of the season. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to think that this is, is, is going to subside. And it, you look at the tracks upcoming, they, they fit Larson's skill set. Atlanta, Phoenix, two very good tracks for him. Obviously, Bristol Dirt. It's going to be interesting to see if, if Penske can continue to close the gap a little bit. They, they had speed at time stage. Blaney looked very fast in stage one. Um, and then when he got near the front, he was, wasn't able to keep pace. Brad looked very competitive at times. Martin Truex Jr. looked very good for the second straight week. Competitive, kind of faded a little bit at the end. Gibbs looks better than I think they've shown in, in the sense that they just haven't had outside of outside of Truex, they haven't had a lot of track position. It, it seems like you know Kyle Busch at the beginning of a race is, is kind of slid backwards. Hamlin's kind of up and down a little bit, and then at the end of the races they're coming on strong. They just haven't been able to put together full races yet. It's going to be interesting to see where that organization continues to go. They weren't good last year at, at Vegas necessarily, and they were still able to come on. the The big mystifying question mark so far is Kevin Harvick. I mean, he came in today second in points, you know, four top ten or three top ten finishes through the first three races, but it hasn't been a typical Kevin Harvick type season by any means. And he hasn't been dominating. He's been finishing well in the races and getting stage points. And then today they they just weren't good. I mean, obviously they had some front end damage. They got in, he got into Eric Jones on a restart and, and that kind of ruined his day. But across the board, Stuart Haas racing is certainly missing something. No, I mean, that, that is really the big question on the, the opposite side of the guys who are good right now is Stuart Haas racing. You know, I, I think you could probably argue that, you know, even last year and, and for several years, Harvick has been the one sort of propping them up and, and, you know, keeping them afloat in, in terms of relevance. But now, I mean, it really, I mean, you said, you said last week, I think it was last week where you said, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised to see that, that Kevin Harvick wasn't, you know, so super strong at home said when I was, and I still found myself going into today thinking, you know what, this is, this is going to be one of those Harvick days and he's going to be running up front and he's going to be competitive, you know, from the pole, probably lead a lot of laps. Um, he was passed before he even got to the, the first lap complete, you know, um, and, and obviously never led again, finished a lap down in 20th and was still the lead Stuart Haas racing car, I believe. I mean, Chase Briscoe, uh, 21st, it looks like Colt Custer, uh, 25th. And then Almarola hit the wall and finished last it, but was never competitive. Uh, I have some serious, serious concerns about Stuart Haas right now, obviously. And, and mm -hmm. the thing is too, as Joey Logano said after the race, I mean, if, if you're behind, the problem is it's really hard to catch up, not because of some points cushion or anything like that in the championship, but because you don't have practice. There's no practice. There's no opportunity to try to figure things out and figure out what's going on except for the simulator. And without that, I mean, you're just trying stuff during the races and that's not conducive to, you know, good results most of the time, unless you really hit on something. Um, it really, I mean, Stuart Haas has really got some work to do. That's, that's a big concern. They also have, you know, two very young drivers and very inexperienced drivers. So it's not like Harvick has a ton of, you know, veteran teammates to lean on at this point. Almirola hasn't had a good start to the season at all. He's in um, a bad spot right now, points wise. Yeah, I believe he's twenty eighth in points or something. So it's really not a a good a good deal at all. Um, I I have a lot of concerns about them, and I and I, I also don't really have any explanation for it uh, in terms of why we saw Kevin Harvick. It's still 
it just still baffles me. I mean, here they were, you know, he, he wins his, his ninth race of the year. And, uh, you know, we were treating it as a foregone conclusion in the playoffs. Okay. He's going to win number 10. He's going to make the final four. He might win the championship. And then they just, you know, he, he had a chance to win Kansas last fall, as we've talked about. They go into Texas. He's seemed like he was going to be, have a fast car that day. You know, he wrecks in the, in the rain when they didn't throw the caution. And then since then, I mean, wow, it's just like, where, where have they been? It's, it doesn't make any sense really. Um, you know, they, they just haven't been themselves. It doesn't seem like speed wise at all. Um, so I, I, that'll be, that's clearly going to be an ongoing story to watch all season long. It just doesn't, I don't know. I, I just don't, I can't fathom why they would just suddenly drop off like that. It's not just Harvick though, too. I mean, Denny Hamlin too is kind of backs a little bit, a little bit. He's still running well, still finishing well, but it's certainly not to the level that he was at times last year when he and Harvick were one A and one B. Um, Hamlin's last win, I think, was at Talladega in the fall, and then really, if you look at his performance, it hasn't been earth shattering. I mean, they went into Phoenix last year and they were a distant fourth in the championship. And starts the year, it was in contention at Daytona in the 500, but that's, again, a speedway race. It's hard, it's hard to discern anything from that. Competitive on the road course, sure. But Homestead, they were they were, they were were up and down, and they, they finished well, but not – he came in as the points leader, but not nearly to the level that we, we were accustomed to seeing. And to me, what's more – what adds to the, to the baffling nature of this is there was a lot of talk this year in the offseason that – because there was so little that the bigger teams could do in terms of the, you know improving their cars, there's no rule changes and there was a parts freeze, that the teams that were really good last year were going to continue to be dominant this year. And that hasn't been the case in, 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 in related to Harvick and, and Hamlin. It has been the case in terms of Hen, uh, Chase Elliott and what we've seen out of Hendrick Motorsports and the degree Team Penske with Logano and Keselowski, but certainly not to Hamlin and Harvick. Yeah, it's really weird. And, and, I mean, it's still this, ultimately, it seems like the same organizations that have the strength aside from Harvick, you know, Stuart Haas sort of dropping off, but it's not the same drivers necessarily, which is kind of weird. And even week to week, it's not the same, you know, different guys within different teams, you know, Byron, you know, for instance, popping up Christopher Bell showing strength at times. So it's just kind of odd. And uh, we'll have to just see how this shakes out. I mean, Phoenix next week is going to be really interesting too, because, um, that's another type of track where it really compares to a lot of, you know, the short tracks and New Hampshire, things like that. And obviously the championship decided there. So, you know, this, this week was sort of part one, I think of telling us a lot about how the year will unfold next mm-hmm. week will be part two, but, um, let's talk about this race in particular, because I thought it had a real, I mean, phenomenal start. Excellent. Yeah, excellent agreed. start. That was the best stage one. I think I've seen at a mile and a half track. I mean, I you you know I don't have the best memory, but I I can't remember a better one than that in the stage era. I said the same thing. I tweeted it. I, I don't re- if I'm if I'm if there is one out there, I don't remember it because what I saw of that first stage was exceptional. I mean, you had great racing, side by side racing. The leader wasn't able to get away. You were able to make passes. That whatever that was, let's just bottle it because that was phenomenal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I, I will say that you know this package. It you know it was a cloudy day. It didn't look particularly like chilly or anything, but it wasn't. It was overcast for a lot of it, right? And this package once again seems to sort of prefer those cooler temperatures. Um, you know, I, I also think the the fact that that you know you got a competition caution in that first stage, and you got a debris caution uh, that that helped bunch things up. We know the restarts are huge for this, right? And then so, you know, the, the it kept the leaders. You know, really, the, it was so competitive throughout. There were so many passes in that first stage. It ultimately ended up being twenty seven lead changes, which was the second most in Las Vegas Motor Speedway history. One off the track record, almost got there. Um, you know, Larson ends up leading the last 30 laps. So, um, you know, and, and really he, he led 50 of the last 62 or whatever it was, but Daniel Suarez had stayed out. So it was really Larson. Once he got control of the race, it was, it was kind of over, but, um, you know, a late caution could have changed that. Sure. Just like the last, last year's uh, race at Las Vegas motor speedway, both were changed by a late caution. But my point is, um, it it just kind of settled out from there, right? Because staged uh, two ran completely caution free. And then you had a couple incidents in stage three. Um, but one was pretty early and wasn't really enough to shake up the race. One came, you know, pretty much after that, uh, only a few laps. And, you know, once it settled in from there, uh, I think the last 83 laps, I think I want to say were, were green. So it, it wasn't really, you know, it, it was just kind of, it, it kind of played out from there. I'm I'm kind of surprised there wasn't a late caution, but very surprised. Um, but the racing overall, I mean, for what it was for Vegas standards, for the package standards, for mile and a half standards, I I thought overall it was it was pretty solid. I would agree with that. It reminded me of last week's race in some degree. I mean, last week's race in the first two stages was really competitive and racy, and then that third stage we we. It kind of got spread out a little bit as we didn't get those cautions, and it didn't take away from the racing. I thought the racing was the the race itself was still really good, and that applies to this. I, I thought the racing was good. The third stage certainly wasn't as good as the first or second stages, but I was curious in how it played out. Larson had a very good car over the long runs, um, as you noted. He almost gave it away making a, a green flag pit stop. Would have been interesting to see what would have happened with a caution there, and we didn't get it. But still, I, I'm encouraged by what we saw, and hopefully, this continues at the other mile and a half racetracks that are upcoming. Well, and also I thought today, you know, for the future, just going back to that stage one, for instance, like sometimes we debate like what makes a good race? Like, what do you define as that? Right. And and I think for me, stage one, I would just say, okay, I'll point to stage one of Las Vegas race in 2021. Uh, you know, honestly, like I think I'll remember that because, you know, you had three wide for the lead at times for, for a couple straight laps. I mean, you had guys tracking each other down and, and, and it, it wasn't because there was any, there was no big wrecks, you know, all that stuff about, Oh, fans only like to see the wrecks. I mean, everybody on, on Twitter was loving it. Um, and I just thought this is, this is what it is. This is to me, what, why I want to watch a NASCAR racing on, um, an intermediate track, short track racing is obviously different and you, you expect contact and tempers and stuff. But when you're just talking about the pure racing element of it, I, I enjoyed it. And, and, you know, I still still see people that were like, well, the package, the package, and they were wide open. I didn't like that. Or, you know, Xfinity, real package. But I just think that's, you're almost the the point where if you didn't enjoy stage one, you're just, you're just sort of letting your hatred of the concept of the package cloud your judgment, maybe. I mean, I don't know if that's unfair. What do you think? 
I think there are some people that cannot move past the fact that this is the arrow package in, in place. And, and we've talked about this before. I, I don't think you or I are necessarily fans of this package, but we've accepted the fact that this is what it is. It's not going to change. So continuing to complain about it every single week does no good whatsoever. And this is the era of racing that we are, are dealing with. And you have to judge the race on the circumstances before you. And the circumstances before us are, this was a good race. Guys were making moves. Guys were making passes. And some guys were running a little bit wide open, but some guys weren't able to. And there was some, a lot of radio chatter about how are they able to run wide open and we can't. So it's not just you can you know mash the gas and go. You got to get your car right. You got to get your car handling through the corners. You got to get it. You got to be able to work traffic. And if you can do all those things, great. And if you can't, it's going to be a struggle. So there's still elements of of traditional racing in this, even though you may not like the package. Well, but see, to me, like when we've we've brought that up before, like okay, we're not really, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's restart heavy kind of package. But to me, like this was not. This didn't feel artificial to me. This didn't feel forced. Like what we saw on stage one you really saw guys racing hard, like making aggressive, bold moves, tracking each other down, using the air. So to me, I don't care how they got there in that case. Like, I don't care if that's because of the package, I enjoyed what I was watching, you know, sort of the, uh, the cliche, we like what we're seeing, right. That people always make fun of from, from NASCAR and, and Steve O'Donnell and stuff. Right. Like the, but that's, I did like what I was seeing there. Like, and I don't care. I don't need to know that it was holding it wide open or whatever. I just liked that they were making moves. So there's to me, that's where I, I draw sort of like a difference where if it's the package and, and they're sort of bunched up and nobody can pass each other, you know, because it's a certain way or, or only the restarts are good. And then they get strung out single file and it's just a parade. That's, that's different. Today was really making moves, really making gains. You could see the drivers were using all the tools at their disposal in terms of their talent to try to, to try to do different things with their cars and, um, you know, draft every way they could. And I liked that. I felt positive about it and I didn't care that it was the package at all. So I think sometimes it's, it's like, ah, this is just a package and it's, it, yeah, it was a, a great restart or whatever, but that's only because of this or like Cole Custer winning it at Kentucky or whatever, right? It was just like, ah, this all was just about some restart. But this was many laps into a run. Guys, you know, really, I loved, I mean, there was that one point there where they were three wide for the lead for like two solid laps and and not even like an exaggeration. I just thought that was fantastic. I agree. And I didn't, I watched today's race for the first stage and honestly, I didn't think about the package. The only time I thought about it was when you and I were texting a little bit about it. Other than that, it never crossed my mind. I was just enjoying what was unfolding in front of me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So Jordan, uh, you know, I think obviously we need to address that this is Kyle Larson's first victory since he returned from his suspension uh, for his racial slur last year. Obviously he uh, was fired from Chip Canassi Racing and many people um, were wondering, you know, would he ever get another chance? Um, personally, I always thought he was going to get another chance because number one, we live in a forgiving society and number two, talent overcomes a lot. It wasn't like he was a backmarker scrub 
who had had such a transgression. Um, to me personally, though, like I, I see uh, sort of a temptation out there to make this some sort of like redemption story or like that he overcame something. Um, I don't really see it that way. I feel like he got a he got a second chance because he did enough of the right things and was sincere about it through his charity work and things like that and tried to really uh, learn. Um, it's not my place as a white dude to be like, oh, he's forgiven for that. Uh, he, but he got a second chance, you know. Um, so that said, I don't think that winning this race sort of like moves that story forward or anything. Like, I don't think it's like, okay, now he's done this. And so X happens or whatever. I don't even know what that would be. So it's, it's odd to me because I know he was out of the sport. I know he came back, but ultimately he was the marquee free agent of last year. He was probably going to go to Hendrick. He ends up at Hendrick anyway, and now he's winning races for them. So I just don't see how it sort of changes anything. I think that sort of his journey, uh, to become more, aware of what he says and, you know, show contrition for his major, major mistake. Um, that's going to be years long and, you know, you can't just say, Oh, it's in the past now. Um, but I also don't think that this win today particularly has anything to do with it. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of a weird thing where it's just sort of in the middle there. How, how do you see what, what happened? I, I echo everything you said. Um, this win doesn't change the fact that he was suspended for saying a horribly offensive word. Um, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, we expected him to win. I mean, he is a tremendously talented driver. He's joining a top organization. And if he wouldn't have won, there would have been questions this year. Um, it doesn't change the narrative for me about what happened. Uh, and the only way... Lars, the only way that that question can be answered of, of whether he deserves a second chance is, is, is by people who are offended by what he said of color. And we, we can't sit here as white, as white men and, and, and really honestly say whether he deserves a second chance or not. I applaud him for, for taking the measures that he did. And that was great. And I think by any standard, I think that he showed that if, there was an opportunity to get a second chance. He, he maybe deserved it. Maybe he did. I don't know, but it certainly seemed that he was making those steps and they were honest, earnest attempts. Um, but to me, it's always about what he does outside of the race car and continuing to his education, continuing to help other people be smarter about matters of race and, and why some things are offensive and other things are not. And just having a better understanding across the board that to me is the only way you can really measure uh, Kyle Larson's redemptive tale, not about checkered flags. Well, I do think it, it does this in a way um, in that it, it sort of relieves that storyline from sort of dragging on because now it's like, okay, let, let's say he wins the next race, right? It's not going to be like, oh, he's won his second race since he came back from this. You know what I mean? Like he's already won since for the first time since his suspension uh, you know, obviously he took all last summer and took, in my opinion, some very sincere steps. Now, whether you think that was enough a good is, word. is up to you, but he was clearly sincere in his efforts. So, you know, I think this only comes up again, really toward the championship. You know, if he's in the championship four and, you know, sort of like national tension is shined on this, like, oh, the guy who said the N word, you know, he's going for the NASCAR championship. How will sort of like the mainstream, um, non racing media view that. But I think as he wins more and more races throughout this year, 
it's not going to be something that continually pops up as a storyline in NASCAR, just because I just don't think what else can you sort of say about it at this point? It, and yeah. it's not like, it's not, Oh, you know, the NASCAR media, they're not asking the hard questions. In my opinion, it's more of like, I, I just don't know. I don't see how it, anything pushes the story forward at this point. It's going to be, he's going to have to prove himself over a, a years long period, not something that you can just say, okay. And, and it's fixed. So, I just don't I just don't really see what else there is to say about it at this point personally. I don't disagree with that. I mean and to me this will be part of Kyle Larson's story forever. I mean in some facet it's always going to be a footnote and I think it's going to be especially a footnote throughout this year, you know, when Kyle Larson wins that second race, he's probably going to be hey, this is Kyle Larson's second win of the year and you know, he's back after a, a season long suspension, but that's just that's going to be part of it though and that's you, you there's no, no, there's no running from that. That it is what this is. Um, as I, as I said, I, this was expected that he was going to win. It was going to be an, every time he, whenever he won his first race, it was going to be a story it, it, to whatever degree that is. And though I don't know if that really is part of the story because I, I kind of separate the the racing on the track from what happened off the racetrack to some degree, um, in the sense that. What what Kyle Larson did in the racetrack, what Kyle Larson can do in the racetrack was never in doubt. But what Kyle Larson, who Kyle Larson is off the racetrack, um, there was questions about. And he's taken steps, and I think he used a really good word there, sincere. It's seemingly sincere steps to to better himself. Well, Jordan, before we move on, uh, it it looks increasingly. I'm actually kind of surprised that here I am doing the post race podcast with you again because this week it really looked like. Um, I might not make it in terms of uh, being on baby watch. I, I know you guys who listen to the podcast are probably so sick of hearing about baby watch at this point. I bring it up on this podcast and the, and uh, the 12 questions podcast that is in this feed as well. Hope you're enjoying those by the way. Um, but I, I'm just trying to like set the stage for you that I may just disappear for a while. And I don't want people to be like, what happened? That's why. And I feel like not everybody listens to every podcast. So this is why I keep bringing it up. But um, I wanted to just sort of look ahead a little bit just in case um, I'm not here next week. Cause I just, I kind of have a feeling that the baby's going to come this week at this point. I would be pretty surprised if I was back with you for Phoenix, but I, I don't know. But anyway, so uh, next week's Phoenix. Um, you know, I think that, you know, to me, it, it should seem a lot like the, the final four last year, right? Like, I mean, I would think that Chase Elliott would be the favorite. Um, probably Brad Keselowski, uh, and Joey Logano may be the, the ones to challenge him. I mean, what do you mm-hmm. what do you think quickly about uh, Phoenix? I think we what we saw last year at Phoenix is probably going to be the same thing. It's going to be Elliott again. Hendrick does, has showed no signs of slowing down. Helly, Hel- Elliott had them covered last year. Penske looks really good right now. I think we need to throw Kyle Larson in that mix. Kyle Larson is very good there. He's nearly won a few times there in the Ganassi cars. No reason to think that he's not going to be a player in this. Um, and, I, and I would say this. It, Phoenix has traditionally been a very good track for Kevin Harvick. Um, he wasn't good there last fall. Let's see how they rebound after what was an off race for them. So then uh, it moves to Atlanta, and that would be really the big test for Kevin Harvick, right? Because Harvick is the Atlanta yeah. master. So if in two weeks, you know, you're doing this podcast with whoever, whoever, whoever guest host, it won't and, be as important as you, Jeff. I will, oh, we will miss you. Uh, well, thank you. But um, if you're not talking about Kevin Harvick having a good day, that is going to set off some major, was, major yeah. alarm bells. You know, yeah, this mean, is, like you said, Phoenix and Atlanta here. 
if if Kevin Harvick's not running well at these, <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, I mean, you always hate in the early part of the season to like you know start sounding the alarm bells of what's going on. You know what what you know why isn't this driver doing better? What's going on with this team? But as you said, I mean, you look at these tracks, and I think you can throw Vegas in the mix. If you go through this stretch of Vegas, Phoenix, Atlanta, and and Harvick is off and, and certainly not to the level he was last year, I think anything you 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 might want to hit the siren. Yeah. So after that, it's the Bristol Dirt Race, which, man, I was I was actually um, a little taken aback at how much Fox is pumping up the Bristol Dirt Race, which is. You're- Whoa, wait, not wait, wait. What? Why are you surprised? They, 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 this race is happening because of Fox. Well, it's. I'm surprised because Phoenix is next week and Atlanta's the week after. And the, all they're talking about, you know, on the pre-race show, they did a little segment with, with Boyer and Gordon about dirt. And, you know, all the promos coming up were about Bristol dirt. Coming up in a few weeks, Bristol dirt. But it's almost like, you know, Hey, uh, Phoenix next week, make sure you want people to tune in for that too. <laughs> that's on Fox. You know, that's not on like FS one or anything. It, you know, Atlanta is on Fox. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I, I guess they're just really, really, really trying to hype the audience for that, which is fine. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I tell you what, I, I didn't plan it this way, but I'm so glad that the baby is going to be here and I won't, I will be on leave so that, I won't come across as like the most negative guy ever about Bristol dirt because I'm so, uh, unhappy with this race and the direction this is going. I just, uh, I would just become, I'll just, just be so, so incredibly just, I'll just come off like such a jerk about it. I'm glad I don't have to, to talk about it and, uh, people can make up their own minds. Um, I'm just, uh, the closer it gets, the more and more relieved that I'll be somewhere stewing, by myself with no sort of outlet to uh, yell about it. Uh, two things here. One, you, you got to let it go. I mean, you, you can't have this kind of hate in your heart. It, <laughs> it's just this anger, this animosity. It doesn't do any good. You're, you're going to get stressed out, man. You're already losing your hair. Just let it go. <laughs> you got enough on your plate. Just It's, it's going to be okay. It's just a race. If it fails, it fails. We'll see. Secondly. No, it's not just a race, though. It's, it's not just a race. Like, okay. this is, you took the best like NASCAR's showcase short track pavement, like the the number one race ever in the Was It A Good Race poll last year was Bristol uh, Spring Race. You covered it up with dirt. You're going to put heavy stock cars on it on a day race, on super heavy track, and you're going to try to like have some sort of shit. They're going to look so painfully slow. They're going to look like the slowest thing ever is going to look like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just getting, my face is getting red just thinking about it. Oh, go ahead. What was your second point? I'm sorry. Just, hey, Jeff, I, I worry about you. It's just let it go. It'll be okay. Um, I almost wish you were going to be here for the podcast because I just <laughs> I just want to li- – I would honestly just kick back, probably light a cigar, and just listen to you rant for 40 minutes. I would be so – I we might have to do this regardless. I, I understand you may have a baby, but whatever. Make yourself available. Um, secondly, I am – I understand, what, in all seriousness, I understand what you're saying about the dirt. We, we talked about this in our podcast when the schedule came out last year. If you're going to do a dirt race, I, I would much rather see it somewhere else. It is what it is at this point, and that's how I feel. It's like I've just kind of thrown up my hands, and I'm I'm excited to see what it's like. I'm excited to see some of these guys who've never raced on dirt before, what it's like. I'm curious to see how the track is. I am I'm just very curious, and that curiosity has me excited to see what's going to unfold at the end of the month. 
Well, they might as well do an ice race then because everybody would be curious to see how cup cars drive on an, a, a frozen ice pond. That would be entertaining. Or you ever watched ice- cars race in ice before? It's pretty good, actually. Well, that should be next then. They should do the Winter Classic for NASCAR and have them Paul race around. Paul out of retirement for that. <sighs> anyway, uh, Jordan. <laughs> Let it go. Last week on the Was It a Good Race poll, um, people are saying wrongly, falsely, that you won. And that you have tied up the season score in the Was It a Good Race poll because it came out at 71, 70, 78.1%. You had said 85. I, you took my guess. I said I was going to say 85. I ended up saying 86 out of panic. I should have said 84. I would have won. But anyway, either way, it was rigged against me um, by Russian bots who flooded the polls, who I believe that you purchased. And I think that once we complete our investigation... The investigation will show credit card records and all sorts of things that show that Jordan Bianchi purchased Russian bots to drive down the pole and rig it against me to make me lose. I didn't really lose. I believe that I actually fairly won. And once Twitter removes the Russian bots from the poll, that I will be proven as the winner and I will be restored as a three to one series lead for this season. It's not two to two. Don't believe what you see. I won last week's poll. So I just wanted to get that out there. Hearsay. Uh, scandalous allegations. I will not stand for this. This is insulting. Um, I will just say this. Winners celebrate. Losers make excuses. I'm celebrating. You're making excuses. Okay. Well, I'm not going to need any excuses this week because I have a really, I mean, I'm going to nail this poll this week. You're, you're going to have no prayer <laughs> at I have all. thought about this a lot during the race. I was actually texting people getting feedback, studying, because I care so much about this. I was doing some prep, getting oh, ready for really? the poll. Yeah, I'm serious, okay. 100%. Well, what's your guess then, Mr. Winner? Alleged winner from last week? <sighs> champion. Um, Mr. Champion. Uh, I'm going to say the end of it kind of t- dampers it a little bit, a little bit of a runaway, kind of what we saw last week, 81%. Well, that makes it easy. That makes it pretty easy for me uh, because I believe it was a better race than Homestead, which just last week allegedly got 78.1. And the best Las Vegas race ever in the polls history was the uh, spring race from last year, which got an 83.5. And that was just because of a, a late caution that changed everything up. I think this was a better race than that. So, um, I, I would say that it's going to be now, but I, you know, I will say there's the, the package haters. What'd you say? 81, 81%. Did I say 81, 82. I don't you said 81, now. 81. Yeah. Uh, but I'll make it really easy on myself and I will say 81.1. So I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know what, Jeff? It's okay. I mean, I understand that, you know, this is a, 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 a hard fought serious competition and I can understand why you're bitter and angry. It's it's okay. It just let it go. It's the you know it's you got to move on to the next week. And I think you'll understand. You'll appreciate this and what we do every week if you just open your heart a little bit, like the Bristol Dirt Race, and just be more accepting. Stop with the anger and the naughty word and the bad words. So, how would you like to propose that the guest hosts should this be my last podcast for a month or so? Uh, would you like the guest host total to be counted in mine? Uh, and 
I don't are you know. not that, are you not going to play the game with the guest hosts? No, I can't. I live for this game. This oh, okay. is my favorite time of the week. Oh, come on, that's insulting. <laughs> come on, I knew it. I, I knew hurt it. My feelings. Do you no. like this game more than you like uh, as much as you love Christmas? Or I mean, how does it I compare? Hate God, I hate Christmas. Oh my God. Oh, oh. so you're still you're still not going to pretend that you. No, you like, you're just you're only suck. pretending you only pretend that you like the I'm poll. Not you're not going to pretend. Pretending that's erroneous. It's absolutely you erroneous. You are and insulting. An I, investigation will be launched into the phoniness of your feelings about this. But anyway, all right, whatever. We'll ha- anyway, we'll just have uh, to see. It, honestly, you know, this is it, uh, how we go scoring forward. That's up to you. I mean, the guest host. Well, Big Joe Wall on own? Twitter, he keeps, uh, you know, he keeps updating the scorecard. And even though it'll change once the Russian bot scandal is discovered, um, he is keeping score. So uh, I, I would be fine with combining my score with the guest host. So it could be like Jeff slash guest, and you can have yours all season. I have the faith that whoever, whatever guest hosts you pick are certainly <laughs> going to uh, have a better pick than you, I would hope. Oh, so, no, hell no. I mean, part of the, the agreement of being the guest host is you have to throw the poll so I can win. Okay, well... I guess this thing, you know, I was planning to not tweet very much because uh, I think it would be kind of weird to be like on leave officially off work and be like tweeting about all this NASCAR stuff. I don't even think you can really do that. But I feel like I should at least tweet the poll each week because yes, how are we going to find the consistency of the results if there's just like a month with no polls? So. No, and it's a good and it's a good barometer of seeing you know, the races stack up over the years. All right. Well, uh, Jordan, maybe I'll talk to you. Next week, maybe not, but I tell you what, for everybody else listening to the teardown, uh, there will be one more podcast from me on this feed, even if the baby comes like in the next hour or something, because we have 12 questions with Alex Bowman. He's coming up to his home track, um, this week. I've already recorded it. It's all set in the system. It is scheduled. So whether I'm here or not, it will automatically publish for the athletic subscribers printed version and uh, podcast version on Wednesday and then right here in the teardown feed for free uh, on Friday. So if you don't want to wait, please become a subscriber to The Athletic. Got some nice little deals right now. I believe if you go to theathletic.com slash the teardown, you will see those. So please uh, consider subscribing. Anyway, that's all for now. Thanks everybody so much for listening and we will talk to you next time on The Teardown.